clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. Rainbows high and deep into the end zone. And it is caught. Caught. Caught for a touchdown. A leaping touchdown catch. Here he goes. He'll be chased and he is caught. 97 yards. Does he get both feet in right here at the end, Jim? What are they going to roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? He did what? He runs to the 50. He runs to the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. We are seeing another spectacular effort by Marino, who fires. Touchdown! Oh, that's loose. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. Says a prayer. Oh, okay. Going to put yes. a little bit of Friends Fortune on you. Do we go Friends okay. Fortune A or do we go with Friends Fortune B? Friends Fortune A. All right, Friends Fortune A. That was the one I almost did before I realized that I had two. All right. Love it. Friends Fortune A. So maybe this isn't super exciting, everybody, but we were talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I know we have a lot of Pittsburgh Steelers fans that listen to this show. And for you guys, I apologize. But this week against Green Bay, actually, let's go back to last week against Cincinnati. Big Ben looked absolutely cooked. There's a very funny meme going around right now of him just falling on his face after like a five-yard pass attempt. It was really, really funny, and I enjoyed it. I watched it a bunch of times, and it made me smile. I say, Big Ben, it's time to take a seat. I think Mike Tomlin, you know, he came out afterwards and said it's not time to push the panic button. And in Mike Tomlin, I very much trust. But I think after Green Bay, they're going to see that they're going to get down. I think I'm going to say Big Ben gets benched this week. And we see either Dwayne Haskins or Mason Rudolph. I'm not quite sure. Technically, Mason Rudolph's number two on the depth chart. Don't know how much that means. But Big Ben getting benched week four against the Green Bay Packers. All right, there we have it. All right, fantastic. I got mine locked and loaded. I'm going to go in three, two, one, go. So I have not been this confident in a Buffalo Bills weekly matchup in a very, very long time. And that being said, this probably means I'm going to be wrong about this because when I call my shot on, on these big games for players and my team especially, it never seems to go well. But that'll make for a fun episode. So I've been honing in on it for two straight weeks. I went rushing touchdowns. I was one away. I went rushing guards. I was one away. Uh, we're just going to go a completely different direction here. So the Buffalo Bills are taking on the Houston Texans. They are a 16.5-point favorite. Vegas does not like the Texans of this game. I do think Brendan Cooks will have a pretty decent day. I think that a Buffalo Bills individual single-game record will go down in this game. Is it 273 yards from O.J. Simpson rushing? No. Is it six touchdown passes from Jim Kelly? No. It is going to be number of receptions. Andre Reid has this record uh, from November 20th, 1994, year after uh, Josh and I were born. He had 15 receptions. Now, last week, Cole Beasley came pretty close to that. I think out of either Cole Beasley, Stefan Diggs, or Emmanuel Sanders, who has become another favorite <laughs> target of Josh Allen. I know. Ending it right there because that was wrong. 
Anyway, uh, I was getting so pumped because you were like Buffalo Bills. I was like, well, they crushed it. There's like such uh, good opportunity. I thought you were going to be like, they're going to score 35 had, points. I was like, you uh, got it. And I then, know. I know. Do you know? And I'll have to send you a picture of my notes because I wrote Buffalo and I was like workshopping stuff during my lunch period at, at the school. And the three options I wrote were the receptions broken. Um I, I wrote breaking y- rushing yards for a team. And, and the other one I put was that they would get another shutout. And I was like, that one's too crazy. There's no way we're going to shut out two teams in four weeks. So it's fine, guys. I can't get any of these right. I didn't yeah, watch the end. You're crushing it. I didn't watch the end of the Green Bay game. Did he get benched? He never got pulled. No. Ah, so I feel like, well, I feel like we should <laughs> have a conversation about both of these things. Yeah, for before sure. We, because, I mean, they're, it's it's pertinent topics, in my opinion. For uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, so Ben did not get benched even today. I mean, because it, it is a talk of the town right now about Big Ben being being fried and not being great. Mike Tomlin came out this week, though, and said that there's no one better to lead the team right now than Ben Roethlisberger. I just I, I disagree. Give, give me your thoughts. I think you probably agree with me. But, like, let's break this down and talk about it for a couple minutes. Well, yeah, and we talked about this in our off-season episode, and I, I don't remember exactly where you landed on it exactly, you know, precisely, if, but I I very much believed that Big Ben was pretty done, and again, you know, obviously, he's a veteran quarterback, he's been through so much, he's, he's never going to be like, can't do anything, you know, he started off the game pretty good, he was 5-5, five five, had that really big pass, touchdown to Deontay Johnson, started hot, but it just... He can't really move around at all anymore. And one of the big things for Big Ben has always been, I don't want to say mobility, but he always had that wiggle. Right. You know, I mean, he, he was able he to, get, to move out of the pocket and shake people right. off and do all of those Big Ben things. It, but he just, he can't do that anymore. So the magic's not really there. Um, and again, he did finish he had 232 passing yards, a touchdown, and a pick. And it just couldn't get it going. And I. I when I heard that friend's fortune, I I agreed with you. I was like, okay, that makes sense, and I I'm ready to. I, no, and there's no surprise here. Adam Rossi is not a believer in Mason Rudolph at all, so I think it should be Dwayne Haskins. I like what I saw from him in the preseason. I think they should give him a shot, but it's just. I feel bad for Pittsburgh fans, and I'm worried that this is going to get a lot uglier before it gets any better for Big Ben and and the Pittsburgh team. I mean, it's just kind of unfortunate. I mean, I definitely, I, I remember during our preview episodes, like, I don't think I was necessarily saying whether or not I believed in Ben, but I believed in the team because I thought the run, the run game was going to be a lot more effective this year than it was last year. And right now, they are not running the ball well. I don't think that's necessarily because of just Najee Harris. I think it's just, it's a combination of things. It's still a very young inexperienced with each other offensive line obviously there's a lot of new different pieces there and it's also there's so little threat to push the ball down the field and we saw that last year as well was last year the true story instead of the outlier because we're we're, it's looking like it this year and i'll tell you this I'll, i'll say this one of the obvious one of the most obvious things that that leads you to leads to uncovering, so to speak, the lack of arm that Ben has anymore. Najee Harris has twenty catches in the last two weeks combined. Twenty, because all he can do is dump the ball off and get yeah, the ball out quick. It's pretty nuts. He just can't. Absolutely, I mean, you're absolutely right. He is chucking or checking it down to Najee Harris a ton. 
But you, you said those stats in the Green Bay game, and obviously I, I was tuned in that game the entire time through. 26 of 40, 232 is not bad, but those stats don't reflect the game. There were a couple of times that he went forward on fourth down, and it wasn't even like fourth and 10. It was like fourth and five, and he was putting the ball three yards down the field, so his receivers had to try to make the play, and that it's just it's just not working. Yeah, and it's something that needs to get fixed pretty quickly. And we're they'll be they'll be featured a little bit later in a in a segment that we're gonna do. But yeah, I I quickly turned away from that game for multiple reasons, and one of them was just Big Ben couldn't get anything done. And I was after that first touchdown. What what, what happened? The first then, touchdown was just like, oh man, like they they can do something. I know. It's gonna be a and game, then, and then it just Green wasn't just that. <laughs> took over, and it just pulled away. And I was like, all right, I think this is. I'm done watching this one. So. Yeah, I don't know. But hey, I will say this. Props to both of us. So you may we may have gotten them wrong, but you had the right mind. He should have been benched. And But I do I, I do want to talk about <laughs> yours real quick. So I, I, I'm really I mean, this is a really good Bills team. Obviously the first couple of weeks it was a little bit slower. They obviously pitched the shutout against Miami, but the offense the offense really clicked last week against Washington. Obviously continued to roll here outside of the very first play in the downpouring rain. Kind of t- toss that out. Doesn't really matter to me that much. But I just think it's interesting that you would say or break the record in receptions because I just feel like there are so many mouths to feed that they don't need to hone in on digs that maybe if you even want to say that they did that last year, which I don't necessarily think they did, but they just, I mean, whatever your opinions on Cole Beasley and his vaccination status, he's obviously still a great slot wide receiver. It's going to get open added Sanders and Sanders is really coming on. Well, like what, what made you think that that could be the record to go down? And I did cut off a little bit before I explained this, but I did say that it was going to be one of the three main people. But what I said was, I know there are a lot of mouths to feed, but the week before prior Cole Beasley had 12 catches. So I thought my in my head was Dayball and the offense was going to find a weak spot, and I think the weakest spot on the on the Texans is corner. And I thought that somebody would just eat and not be able to be stopped, and and Allen would just be like, "I'm just going to keep going to him. They can't stop it." Um, Diggs did have eight catches at the end, so he did have a little, but he obviously didn't get 16, which is what I he would have had to have <laughs> to break the rec- break the record. Um, but I expected it to be pretty gross. I didn't expect it to be that bad. Um, but I mean, it was a rookie quarterback on the road in the elements, which another thing I didn't foresee. So when it started raining, I was like, shoot, I should have gone with, you know, the shutout or the rushing one because <laughs> yeah. they're not going to throw the ball a lot in this rain. But yeah, no, I expected it to be like that. And again, we haven't played the best quarterbacks in the world to start the season. Obviously, we just talked about Big Ben not being that great. Uh, Tua got hurt, and we still don't know about him yet. Brissett came in, who's a serviceable quarterback, but not, you know, nobody would call him super great or anything. Yeah. Uh, and then we get a rookie quarterback, and we get Taylor Heineke, who we jury is still out on. So, yeah, we haven't really played the best offenses or quarterbacks yet. So, but I, I definitely didn't well, expect our right defense to corner, look so. so. So dominant. So we'll learn a lot from them next week for sure. Um, and they're featured in in Powell's picks, so I won't talk about that too much because I want to save that for that. But, yeah, I I had that game on because I still liked watching it, but it, I was not listening to the audio because I was watching <laughs> the other games. I was like, this is, this is bad. <laughs> well, there we go. So, uh, have so a- yeah, we got we got we got close. We're honing in. Maybe we'll get some next week. So that was Friends Fortune, everybody. Welcome into Simultaneous Catch. Ten minutes later, I am Adam Jeffrey Rossi. I'm Josh Lapping. 
And we're very, very excited to be talking about all the results from week four and looking forward to week five. There's just, we say this every week, but every week there's so much more going on. And it's so interesting because there are teams that are obviously bad that are 0 and 4 or 1 and 3, but a lot of those teams aren't even, aren't, it's so early in the season, aren't out of it yet. We've seen yeah, no, teams every year, teams every year turning around. So it's, it'll be such an interesting conversation to have. Uh, but let's get, uh, let's get right into some rant rave recall. You got something for us this week, pal? Yeah, I'm going to rant this week. Ooh, I'm, I'm gonna going... ha- I'm gonna ra- I'm gonna rant too. So we're gonna have dueling rants today. Oh, okay. What if we're gonna rant about the same thing? I hope so, but I bet I bet not. All right. Well, I am going to rant about all of the kerfuffle that is going on. Between the Baltimore Ravens and the Denver Broncos right now. First of all, I oh, just do it. I, I I just I I don't understand what's happening. First of all, I thought it was just completely unnecessary for for Vic Vangio Fangio, excuse me, to come out and be in such a hissy fit about what had happened. And I don't know if you've seen the the clip, but I mean, obviously the sideline erupted when all that happened, and he came out in the presser and was saying like, "That's what you would expect from this team, and we expect him to do that because that's what they are, and it's BS." And and he, and he also coached for the team. <laughs> yeah, he did. Right when Harbaugh get hired he was there but anyways and he was like it's a play it's a concern for player safety and obviously I mean he didn't say like that they don't care but that's obviously what he's implying and saying like that they don't care about their player safety on an unnecessary play and then that just that made me so angry and there are other people and I don't know if this was if it's Denver correlate correlated or whatnot there are people saying like who who gives a, a hooey about breaking their record and whatnot? First of all, no, I completely disagree with that because obviously even if Lamar Jackson came out and said he didn't care about their record, and maybe he doesn't. Obviously, I don't even think John Harbaugh does. I think the first part that's important is winning the game, and they did win the game. But of course everybody wants to have their names in their record book, especially for something like this. I think it's 47 games. I, I wish I did have that exactly in front of me. It's either 47 or 48 consecutive I'm pretty games. sure it's 47. With um, what uh, it's forty three. Thanks, excuse me, forty three straight games with one hundred rushing yards, especially in two thousand twenty one. So that dates back a couple of years, but that's now tied with the from nineteen seventy four to nineteen seventy seven, an era where running the football was so prominent. To be doing that now, when we're obviously seeing amazing air stats and everything going on, Pat Mahomes and Justin Herbert and everybody lighting up the skies with their with their arms, even Derek Carr, if you want to throw in that name, just basically the entire AFC West, I guess you could say. But that that's super impressive, and and to have your name in the record book, to have something, of course, everybody wants that. But also, like I said, it's just it, it it frustrates me to no end that Fangio would go out and say like that they don't care about their safety. And again, he didn't flat out say that, but he did. But you did the same exact thing, Fangio. You were trying to score a touchdown when you were down multiple touchdowns with 30 seconds. You were calling timeouts. And don't say like you were trying to give unnecessary plays and play your safety and all that jazz when you were doing the same exact thing. Get out of here with that. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. That's that's so true. That's so true. And and again, like it would also be different if, you know, they line up in some random uh like like they line up in the formation that looks like it's going to be uh a kneel and then they turn around and run it. They line up in the shotgun like you knew they were going to run a play. Nobody takes a kneel from the shotgun. 
It's not like anybody didn't know it was happening. And you're right. They they were down to the goal line trying to score. If you're trying to score and you're calling your timeouts, then the other team can do what they want to do. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. I don't know why so many people were like, oh, what are they doing? What are they doing? It's like, it's, it's a record that probably would never be broken again, especially in the NFL that we have today. And it meant something to his coaching staff and his players. And I don't buy it from Lamar. It matters to him. He wanted to say that it didn't matter because that's what the politically correct thing is to say. Because, yeah, you care about winning more than anything. But, of course, Lamar Jackson cares about that record. Of course the team does. It's a, it's a, it's a, a, a model of success. And it shows how good history, they've been. You know? I'm with you I think on that, 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 that totally you. matters. And I just – I loved Harbaugh's – response to Fangio when because like he he also he flat out said like you were trying to you're calling timeouts when there were 30 seconds trying to get scored he said I don't think there's a 16 point touchdown that you guys could have scored at that point I don't know why you were doing that so you know yeah. it's just it's yeah. just fun and I'm with I, you. yeah it's just ugh, that grinded my gears okay so I'm gonna rant too and mine's a little bit less specific but I'm ranting about coward coaches okay Ooh. It's time for a rant about coward coaches, okay? Coaches who think that they're going to play conservative and win in the NFL. It's not how you win anymore, I'm sorry. You need to go for it. 27 to 10 in the fourth quarter against Green Bay. I was losing. This is when I turned the game off. That Mike Tomlin, it was a fourth down. I think they were about midfield, and they punted the ball away, right? They punted it away. And I was like, what are you doing? You're down 17 points in the fourth quarter. You go for every fourth down at that point. There's no field position battle. There's no momentum. I don't care. You're going for it. Like, you're not going to win the game if you don't. And then in the Denver game, they were down 10 in the fourth quarter at midfield. There was 12 minutes left, and they're punting it again. What are you doing? It's a 10-point game. I don't care like what, what what your strategy is. It's not like a fourth and 20. You know what I mean? If it's under 10 yards, you go for it. If you're, you know, anywhere, if as long as you're not on your own one-yard line. And then in the 49er game, it was 37-19, to 19, and they're down three scores, and they're punting the football. Like, I just, I do not understand, especially when you're down. If you want to tell me it's a close game, and you don't want to risk it, and you want to play it safe, whatever. You can maybe describe that to me, even though I still think you should be going for it because you play to win, not to not lose. But especially Were you talking about the Rams you... game there? Yeah, they had the 49. No, wait. It... Yes, wait. I think so. I was going to say that the... no one got 37 points in the, in the San Fran game, so I'm thinking, assuming you're talking about the Rams card. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, okay. I messed it up. But still, okay. again, these are, these are teams when you're down – and you, you were clearly been struggling, and you're like, you know, let's just punt the ball back when there's actually maybe a small chance, but a chance left to win the game. And you're not, you know, going for it on the goal line when you're already down 16 and there's 10 seconds left, Vic Fangio. Like, I, I just, it makes no sense to me that these coaches want to say, oh, we're going to be conservative and we're just going to, we will play it safe. Like, you don't win football that way. You don't. There may have been a time in the 1940s and the 1950s when the only, the only way that you won was always, you know, having more rushing attempts than your other your opponent and having the most rushing yards and controlling the clock. It's just not how you, how you win in today's NFL, right? You, 
you, you can't play it safe and win anymore because teams are too smart and they're too good. And when you're outmatched and when you're not having a good day, you just need to throw it all, all caution to the wind and go for it. And again, if it's fourth and 25 and you're on the tent, you're on your own 25 yard line, fine, punt the dang ball. I don't care. When you're across midfield or even near midfield and you're down multiple scores in the fourth quarter, you should be going for it every time. Stop being a coward. Dang. There we go. Rant. <laughs> I do feel like that's much more common now than. What do you mean to go for it? Yeah, like I feel like you know yeah. we've even we've even seen like that uh, like when you get to like the forty five like the kind of kicker range or they're like are they going to send their kicker out or are they going to try to convert because it's not an right. automatic field right. goal anymore? I feel yeah. like you know like that's yeah. always that's being discussed more. But I hear you. No, I that, mean, that's a good. That's a good point. I I do hear you. I mean, especially. It's situational football when it comes down to it, in my opinion. Like you said, if you're down multiple scores, you you got to at least try because, I mean, what's – even if you punt the football and then you, you stop them, at least the other right. team has burned at least right. two minutes if if you're, you know, going in, in that way. So, I mean, you're, you're still dwindling down the clock. Yeah, right. I, I mean, Absolutely. I hear you. So, I mean, like, I do think there are circumstances, and obviously I'm a little more conservative than just go for it, go for it, and who cares about the math and, and screw analytics and all of that stuff, and I'm obviously a, a little bit on that side. But I do think there are definitely definitely times and places, like when you said, Sean McVay, for as good as a head coach and, and play callers we've had, he's an extremely conservative coach. So, like, to be down by 20 points and then to be not not trying to convert those things it made, just yeah you know, it made like, no i do sense agree to me. that is that is not especially when your defense hasn't stopped anything all day so right right yeah anyway i don't get it but we can move on <laughs> all right Ranting. let's go let's go to news and notes and i don't know man i guess we have to talk about urban meyer again I guess we have to talk about this. Yeah, this is. I'm so sick and tired of Urban Meyer. You take, you take this. This is this is like you just, take it. This is I, this is weird to me. This is blowing up. When I I saw this because you know like there's like the the TMZ side of football and everything and like you just see when these players and coaches do things out in the in the real world if you want to call it that not on the gridiron. So basically, Urban Meyer stayed back after the Thursday night game in Ohio. He said he was going to visit his family and. They supposedly went out to a dinner and, and a bar, and then a young woman came up and started dancing on him, grinding on him, and uh, it doesn't look... I actually haven't seen the video. I've been trying to find it, but I can't find it anywhere. It's not like I've seen it out that hard, but like they're like... You can see the video pictures, here. but you can't see the yeah, I've video. Yeah, I've seen the pictures, and it, so it basically doesn't look like he was like, please don't do that. <laughs> but yeah, like... <laughs> When, when that happened, so this, this happened, this came out. So this was obviously after Thursday night football. So this was like the weekend story. And I saw it and I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. So he was stupid and made a, a bad choice. And like, no one's going to talk about it. Like, you're not going to see anything on NFL.com about this and what and whatnot. But this is like blown up in the last couple of days about like all sorts of, of rumors. And obviously they're saying like the locker room has lost all their respect. And now there's the, the Shad Khan saying Meyer has to re-earn our trust and our respect and all of that stuff and all of, you know and Meyer came out and apologized for for it being a distraction and I just I I can't 
I'm not I'm not saying that this doesn't matter because obviously, you know, that wasn't his wife and, and all of that jazz and you want to see happy, committed relationships and, and love your spouse and be faithful to them. And that is so, so wonderful and good. But when this happened, like I was like, this isn't going to affect football and it's affecting football. And like people are already like saying I saw a rumor that the Jags are and this is a true rumor. Who knows? They're trying to find a moral clause in the contract to get rid of them. Some people are saying that Meyer wants to get fired again, so we can talk about the USC thing and all that jazz. But I guess how you said it a couple minutes ago, we have to talk about Urban Meyer again. And I'm kind of just shocked because I, when I saw this a couple of days ago, I was like, there's just no way that this is going to matter. And it matters. And I'm kind of shocked I, by it. It's But there are so many reasons why this is bad and I should have not ranted today because I don't want to do it again. And I, it's, this is going to rev me up. This is going to rev my engine, man. I am so vroom, sick and tired. Vroom. I am so sick and tired of urban Meyer. I first and foremost, your team just lost and like a pretty hard loss, right? You're, you're a reeling team. You're own three, but you're in a close game with the Cincinnati Bengals who have been a pretty solid team to start the season. And you're, you're close and you lose a tough game. Not only do you send your team home and you say, you know what, you guys go home, I'm going to wait back. But you send them home to stay back and do that? Like, <laughs> what are you doing? I don't I don't understand it. Like, go with your team. I, like, if you wanted to see your family, you could have been like, you know what, guys, we'll stay over the night here. Like, we'll see my family and we'll be together as a team, right? We're going to stick together, right? No, you guys go home. I'm going to go hit up a bar with some young girls. Like, I don't, what I don't, are you doing? I, I, will say, I, don't, I don't know if it's realistic to be like, guys, we're gonna we're gonna hang back so I can go see my grandkids. Like we can I, I don't know. Y'all y'all wanna go to Chuck E. Cheese with us? You know what? Good point. Love Chuck E. Cheese, but good point. I just <laughs> again I and then like this is just this it would be another thing this Trevor is strike Lawrence one. This is like strike ten, right? Because he had the issue with the strength and conditioning coach in the offseason. And then there was the questions of why are you bringing in Tin Tebow? He can't play football. And then there like there's and then there was the whole Whoa, I won't name Trevor one. Lawrence. I, I love Tim Tebow, but regardless then there was the I'm not gonna name Trevor Lawrence the starter yet. And like there's just so well, many maybe it questions. should be Gardner Minshew right now, and they wouldn't be. Owen. It prob. I don't know. I, I don't even want to go there because you know how much <laughs> we both love Minshew. But I'm. He's he's not going to make it this season. I will be shocked. I will be stunned if Urban Meyer is the coach by the end of the year of the Jacksonville Jaguars. He clearly doesn't want to be there. They definitely don't want him there anymore. And if like it would take a miracle for him to somehow. Earn, earn the trust of this team again. I bet you all of his players are just sitting there thinking, well, I don't want to play for you and get hurt because you're not going to be here much longer. It's just, it's a disaster. It's an absolute disaster. Yeah, the the Meyer experiment is not paying off right now. It is not going well. I agree. I, I don't know if I agree that he doesn't want to be there, but it certainly kind of seems that way. I don't know. You know, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago and said maybe he wasn't, he he wanted to be in college, or maybe he's just done with football. I don't, I don't know. I don't I don't know the man, but I mean, this is also a guy that retired from football for over a year because of health concerns. He said that I'm done, I'm retiring, and left. And then obviously he came back and coached again, but then he left again. Like it's just I don't. It doesn't make sense to me. I I just what a football uh, anomaly. Uh, anyway, let's just go to something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like. Really, though, that has become the, the big news. No, yeah, that is the big news cycle. There's obviously injuries and stuff that we could talk about. But, yeah, you know what? Let's just not linger. Let's move on. Let's keep rolling. Uh, 
I do have a little mini crush in it. So okay. we could do a little we could do a little crush in it because it's also about Cincinnati. I just wanted to give a little props to Cincinnati, uh, their team and their head coach, Zach Taylor, went under has been under a lot of scrutiny over the last year and obviously had dealt with a lot of injuries. And again, they're the three and one and they have beaten some subpar teams, but they do have some nice wins on their record. And I just I really wanted to give them a shout out. I think they've been very well coached the first four weeks. I think he has. I think Zach Taylor understands this team. He's been utilizing them very well with play calling and offensive. And they also, he even had another one of those savvy coaching decisions in this Thursday night game. So Cincinnati at the end of the half had had the ball on their own one, and with like time running out, where they were going to have to punt it or do something. Um, and he did a really savvy thing where he went up to the line and just did a I'm going to hard count as as vehemently as I can on the line because who cares if we go off sides? It's like an inch. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's an inch penalty and we have to put maybe you get a drawn off sides and you get a little extra room for your punter. So again, like there's just he's doing savvy things like that. There's good play calling. Uh, he's protecting his quarterback. I just I really, really like what they've been doing and I just want to give him a little question. I think they're doing a good job. You know, that's, that is fair. I didn't get to watch that game. I had to work that evening, so I didn't get to watch the Thursday night game. But it looked like a good one. So my crush in it this week, get ready for this, because I feel like we're entering the Twilight Zone if we were in the, if we were in the Halloween episode. We'd queue up that music right now. But I'm giving a crush in it right now to Bill Belichick and the Patriots. So oh, wow. they lost. They lost the game, right? And, and they I did. feel like— when you were talking about coward coaches, this could have maybe been him. Although I didn't, I didn't really feel that way with how the the game was with him trying to kick the field goal. Of course, it was. They maybe should have won. It was going to be hard in that rain and whatnot. But so nobody wanted to admit it, and I understand. But this was billed as the Brady versus Belichick match, right? This is this is what it was, yeah. and and yeah. Belichick obviously didn't get the W, which is the most important. But I think in a way he won the match because his defense really, for all intents and purposes, shut Tom Brady down. He shut Tom Brady yeah. down with yeah. all of those weapons, all of the weapons that they have. And this was the return of Antonio Brown. Sure, they didn't have Gronk, but let's not pretend that they don't have the former first-round pick, O.J. Howard, and they have Cameron Brayton. and they have all of those running backs and the former first-round picks, and they just signed Richard Sherman, and he didn't honestly look that super awesome in that game, personally, in my yeah. opinion. But he's still yeah. there, and obviously that that is a... I don't know if you would still consider him a blue-chip player, but the, the the big signing that they get off. And Bill Tom, Bill made Tom Brady not throw a single touchdown. It hasn't looked anything like the Tom Brady that even last week in the Rams game when that offense didn't look great, they were still doing something. And you can say it was downpouring rain and whatnot, but in that way, I think a mini-crush that goes out to Mac Jones, who I think Mac Jones was the— played he wasn't the better the best quarterback but he was the better quarterback that night because he was out there and maybe he wasn't throwing long bombs and whatnot but that defense and say what you will maybe they haven't been performing up to snuff but they still have a really fierce front we saw it on opening weekend and he was just throwing short little darts and letting his receivers work and and make plays and shake tackles and whatnot and he looked like a savvy vet out there so they didn't get the w and that's obviously what's most important in the nfl but we've been talking about a lot of moral victories this the this season so far and this is a big one so they didn't get the w but i think bill won that chess match yeah and the patriots are going to be 
a, a, a solid team this year. I don't think that they're obviously I didn't make, pick them to make the playoffs. I think they'll probably fall short. There's a lot of talent in the AFC, and uh, and that's just one of the obstacles in their way. But yeah, I thought I mean they should have won that game. It it was the ultimate like Mac Jones and and Bill Belichick almost pulled off the classic Tom Brady ending where. He drives his team down. They kick a fifty-plus yard field goal to walk off and win the game by a couple of points. Like it was almost exactly what Bill Belichick and this Patriots team did for twenty for twenty years with Tom Brady: control the clock, play really solid defense, control the football, don't turn it over, win the game at the last second. And it was so close to happening. And obviously, there was Tom Brady just had that little extra luck and magic with him to to be victorious on that day. But you're, yeah, I they they played their hearts out. So that was my crushing it. All right. Well, let's get to a little segment instead of week in review because we're going to kind of review the week as we do this. We've got a segment called Panic. Or pump the brakes. I'm gonna run through. Uh, we're gonna bo- we're gonna both do it here, uh, but we're gonna run through some teams that aren't doing so hot, right? Some of the some of the less less good teams in the NFL to start the season, and we're both gonna answer the question: Is it time to panic for this team, or are we pumping the brakes? Let's go first of all to the Indianapolis Colts, who did get a victory last week. Uh, they they did. did beat. They did defeat the Miami Dolphins, the reeling Miami Dolphins, 27 to 17. A lot of injuries on the team and stuff like that. They still have a lot of division games left to go. But are we going to panic about the Colts heading forward or are we going to pump the brakes? So this is in complete contradiction to what I said at the beginning of the year. But it's, in my opinion, it's definitely time to panic. Not because I don't think they're playing good football. Like I, I said to you off air, we were talking, this is this has been a fairly good team. And obviously the Rams got smacked in the face last week, but people were touting them as, as the Super Bowl kind of favorites early on in the, the season and whatnot. But they took the Colts down, and, and I, I'm pretty convinced that obviously you, you never know. But if Carson Wentz was out there on that final drive, it wouldn't have just come down to chucking a football up for Jalen Ramsey to pick off. So that could have been a different ending. But right now they're sitting at one and three, and obviously that division right now, that division's still fairly wide open, just because it is. I don't think it's going to be uh, in NFC East of last year, but it, it's still open. But right now they just have such a tough schedule. They have Baltimore this week on Monday Night Football, then the Texans. They should be able to handle the Texans probably, and maybe the 49ers because I feel like that's another team. But then they have their head-to-head with the Titans, and that's a big one. But obviously they have the Bills on their schedule, the Bucks on their schedule. They have the Cardinals, the Patriots that we were just talking about. Maybe they're not that great, but they're still. I think they're better than a one and three team. I think Indy is as well. But this is a tough gauntlet, so they're a good team but probably start to panic if you're trying to get there in this in this conference yeah absolutely uh, I'm looking at their schedule too and if you're looking at you know uh the tech let's see the Texans they still have the Texans twice uh then they have the Titans they play the Jets and the Jaguars um and then they also have um uh, they have the Jaguars twice too. So if you think that right, they're so they sweep, have all of their divisional games except for so the first in, Titans game. That, that's big, again, but still. So if you if you think that they sweep the Texans and the Jags and then beat the Jets and uh, uh, and the Titans, if let's say that that's six wins, they you know it'd be seven and 
and and three obviously but then you you said all those other teams that you said i think they would lose all of those games so if you're a seven and ten team that's just not going to get the job done maybe yeah, it will in the afc south but you're right i do think <laughs> it's time to panic panic for the colts i don't like i said carson once played pretty well against the dolphins 24 32 228 and two touchdowns jonathan taylor finally had his first big day oh after adam traded him in a dynasty league um, 100 yards and a touchdown, uh, and Carson Wentz spread the ball around. So again, it, it looked good, but Miami's kind of reeling too. And I will, I will use this as a segue to the Dolphins now because they're another team that we're going to ask: Is it time to panic? Is it time to pump the brakes? Because they've started one and three. They started with a pretty exciting at the time upset of the aforementioned New England Patriots, who we just talked about, and have now lost three straight, including one where they were shut out, 35 nothing. Is it time to panic or pump the brakes for Miami? Yeah, it's uh, kind of going back to what we talked about after that Bills game. I think it's time to panic, and I think the Dolphins are going to be a fascinating team to watch because while it was, it's no small feat to go into Gillette and and beat Bill Belichick. Obviously, even if it's not under Tom Brady to do that, I think is a big deal. No matter who's under center, I think that that defense is still good. But it was a, a forced fumble that I'm pretty sure it was real close to the red zone, if not in the red zone. They very well could be 0-4 right now. But again, I think there there's a lot going on. I think the offensive line is starting to gel a little bit better, but it's still a concern. The, there's stories of Tua starting to throw and whatnot, but you know their their schedule it's pretty front loaded of being difficult. They have the Bucks coming up here on on their next docket, and that's gonna more likely than not be a loss. Although the Dolphins do play Brady fairly well, at least in his time in in New England, but I still don't think that's a win. And then they're going to go play the Jags. And I will say this, whether or not it is appropriate or or we love it or not, let's say let's just assume that the Bucks seems an L, right? Then they have the okay, Jags. So you're one and if, four. If the Jags get their first win over the Dolphins, which is going to oh, be coming up crow. close to the end of October trade deadline, those Deshaun Watson rumors are going to heat up real, real quick. I mean, they're or already do they die? Or or do they or do they die down because they're not a good team when they can wait into the offseason anyway? Uh, I don't I don't think they're going to necessarily. We still have a lot to see with the Deshaun Watson and and whatnot, everything. But there's a lot of talk going on that these legal things are going to get resolved right around the time of the trade deadline, which I think is huge. Okay. Okay. But okay. just knowing knowing Brian Flores and obviously how competitive he is. We saw it last year with the the pulling Tua to get Ryan Fitzpatrick to try to get the win. I don't. He's not going to tank a season because there's no point. It doesn't benefit the team whatsoever to that's tank true. because they don't even that's have fair. their first round pick. Yeah. So no, that's a good point. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But I I do agree with you. I do think it's a time to panic a little bit, especially because you don't have your quarterback on the field that you thought was going to be your franchise guy, and that this was the year you needed to find out about it so that in the next couple of seasons you can get another one if you needed to. But if this season continues this way and Tua continues to be a question mark, you know, whether it be through his play or his health status, you know, those rumblings of, oh, man, they could have taken Justin Herbert, they could have taken him, are just going to continue to get louder and louder. Uh, And I feel bad. That's who I had bad to Miami. (laughs) I remember that. So you're a genius. Hire Josh Lapping. All right, let's go to another team that's kind of struggling here. Let's hone in on... Okay, no, let's not do that one because that one's that one's too obvious. Uh, let's 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 hone in on a team that I talked about possibly being a playoff team. I didn't have them in the playoffs, but how about the Minnesota Vikings? They are now one in three. 
Uh, after losing a, a tough one to Cleveland, the offense couldn't really get going and crushed Adams' fantasy weekend because he streamed Kirk Cousins in a lot of places. <laughs> um, this is pretty rough. a pretty rough way to lose. Is it time to panic or pump the brakes for Minnesota? This is interesting because obviously they're a 1-3 team. We are talking about a, a couple bounces of the ball. They could have been 3-0. and This week against Cleveland was bad. It, it didn't work out, but I thought it was bad by really both teams. I guess it depends on wh- what you're looking for from your football team. Obviously, if you're a smash mouth guy, which you kind of are, like it was a fun, exciting game, but there was not a whole lot going super right. It just didn't look like things were clicking really for either team for a majority of the game. With that being said, I, I don't want to say panic because, like I said, they're a couple bounces away, and we saw just what they could be two weeks ago, but... It, it, it's not going well, so I'm not gonna be like, oh my gosh, like this is over, like this is awful. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna panic in that way. So I will say, pump the brakes for this, but they need to be week three Vikings versus what we saw in Cleveland because that was ugly. I'm a pump the brakes too. I do believe in this Minnesota team. Obviously, I picked them against the Browns, but I, 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 I like this offense. I think it's a good offense. Uh, I think that their defense has some pieces to it that can be be good in some situational. Uh, chances. It depends on how you feel about Chicago, who is technically two and two, although that's crazy. But Vikings still get Chicago two two times and Detroit two times. Um, but they do have some other interesting contests. They do have the Cowboys, although in Minnesota, uh, they have the Panthers on the road. That's an interesting matchup. But they still have to play the Ravens. They still have to play the Chargers. They still have to play Green Bay again. Uh, they have. At the 49ers, you uh, know, at home, but they have, but the Rams. I mean, they just they they play. Oh wait, no, they haven't played the Packers at all. So they have all of their divisional games ahead of them still. And you're right, they were play a two away from being being a much better team. Obviously, the Bengals beat them in Week One in overtime. Then they had that one point loss where their kicker missed um, against Arizona. And then obviously they got kind of handled. Uh, by the Seahawks and you know this ugly loss against against Cleveland, but I still think this is a good team, and uh, I think we can pump the brakes on them a little bit. So I, I, I do want to say this about the Vikings, and this could be incorrect. It obviously I'm not inside that organization, as cool as that would be, but it really feels like it doesn't. In my opinion, Kirk Cousins is not the most important piece of that team, although the quarterback is always one of the most important pieces of a football team. It's all about the run game here, and this entire week we are monitoring Dalvin Cook and whether or not he was going to be able to play, and he came out and he was he was hobbled. He didn't perform as well as he could. Obviously, Cleveland's a defensive beast right now, but, you know, so when... Cook just sat out against Seattle. Madison went off, but I feel like they kind of have to game plan their their running backs a little bit and be like, you're the guy. So if Cook's not there, you know, you obviously have Madison who is great. So just set Cook down and and let somebody be the guy because this team operates better when there is a fully functioning go-get-it guy. But, and also, I mean, Kirk just wasn't good. Kirk was 20-38. Yeah, you know, no, he just wasn't over. He just wasn't good. <laughs> so, again, like the offense was bad. So, um, we won't belabor the next one too harshly because I think we're in agreement. But is it a time to panic or pump the brakes on the Pittsburgh Steelers? We talked about it at the top of the episode. Yeah, no, it's 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 time to panic because obviously yeah. they have a, yeah. a great great defense. 
maybe not quite as good as it was last year, but it's still very, very, very potent. But the, like I said, the the running game's not working the way that I think they had hoped it was going to kind of revitalize that offense. <clears throat> and Big Ben just is not putting the ball down the field the way that they should. And even when he tried, it was just off the mark. Like there were a lot of times that wide receivers were running open, but he just couldn't put it on him. And so what's it matter if you're running open, if you can't get the football, it, it's kind of moot, but yeah, it's time to panic. Okay, so and there, I I just will flip through the schedule real quick. There are only, and again, this is me being super dramatic, so I'm sorry, Steeler fans listening. There are only two games the rest of the year that I would pick them in. Oh, dang. every every <laughs> other game. So again, they have they have uh, Denver this week, and I'm pretty sure I would pick Denver. I don't know about that yet. But then they have Seattle. I'm picking Seattle. Cleveland. I'm picking Cleveland. The Bears. I'd probably pick the Steelers in a close one. Then they have the Lions. I'd pick the Steelers. But then they're at LA for the Chargers. I'd pick the Chargers in that one. Then they're at Cincinnati, and Cincinnati has already beaten them. And then they have the Ravens. And then they have. Then they're at Minnesota. We just talked about them being, uh, not, you know, pump the brakes on them. Then they have Tennessee. Then they're at the Chiefs. Then they have Cleveland again. And then they're at the Ravens. It's just it's brutal. Yeah, I do not a- see big. That's a huge I, I, gauntlet. I just do not see them being favored in most of those games, and I, I'd be in full-on panic mode because they don't have an, a, a secession plan behind Big Ben. Mason Rudolph's not the answer. I'm sorry. I don't think he's that great. I also don't think he's a great person, but who am I? But also, like, we just... We genuinely haven't seen anything that great from Mason Rudolph. And while I like the idea of giving Dwayne Haskins a shot, he's still not a sure thing either because he was the first-round pick that flamed out in Washington for multiple reasons. So, again, I, I just I would be in full panic mode right now because you have this coach who's obviously never had a losing record in his entire career as a head coach, and you have this defense that has so many young, great pieces, and then you also have all these great weapons on offense. You just can't figure out the offensive line and the quarterback. It's just I'd be in full-on panic mode because you need a quarterback and you need one fast yeah that's fair obviously I will say just in a slight word of defense Chase Claypool obviously was not playing against Green Bay but if you have a quarterback that can't put a ball on the mark Chase Claypool is the kind of guy that has such a huge mark that he will help a little bit with those deep balls in my opinion but yeah yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be real tough Something to monitor for sure. I'm sure in five weeks uh, they'll go five and zero, oh and they'll be six and <laughs> three. And we'll be like, oh, "What happened to the Steelers, man? We were wrong." Uh, regardless, um, I'm so excited for cold reads today because I'm throwing a curveball at you. Ooh. Do you have any cold reads? Because I would let you start if you have cold reads. Well, now I'm just excited uh, to get into that. So we're gonna bring back. This is. Uh, uh, it's still a cold read because you didn't know about this, but one of my favorite segments we used to do on our live show was we would go through Josh's favorite thing that happens every uh, Tuesday in the NFL, bro. the power rankings. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm done. We're not. The only reason I did this is because, oh my gosh, I'm so excited for a reaction to this. Have you seen this week's power rankings on the NFL.com? Uh, have not. Should I pull them up? Okay. Oh, this is so exciting. No, 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 no. Don't pull it up. Don't pull it up. So, can you tell me who the number one team in the power rankings is? The number one team. Uh, I'm going to say the Cardinals. Okay. You Okay. Well, I didn't think you'd guess that. <laughs> Son of a gun. Wait. So, are you saying that because you tried to play do power ranking logic and get it correct? Or are you saying that because that's where you would put them? Uh, I tried playing power ranking logic. Okay, because I think it's ridiculous. 
Really? Okay. I do. And I thought you were going to be the one to say that. So, I guess give me your reaction to the Cardinals being the number one in the NFL.com well, I mean, because, of course, everything about the NFL power rankings is just flash and what happened lately. And it's just – it's why I think it's garbage. It's dumb. It's whatever. But, of course, I mean, like I was saying, the L.A. Rams were, you know, we're going to see our second repeat home Super Bowl appearance, and they were the hottest thing in the world. And, obviously, Arizona went in, and it wasn't just a close divisional game. They stomped on them in almost almost all facets of football. The offense was clicking. They couldn't be stopped. Their defense slowed down. Matt Stafford, who is, you know, the the next great wonder kid that everyone was talking about as he's, like, 33 years old. But, you know, it was just revitalized with Sean McVay. So, of course, you know, like, they came in and stomped the team that everyone was in love with. So, of course, that would make them be like, oh, my gosh, they're the number one. They're the best team in the NFL. I don't necessarily think that. Obviously, I think they're up there. But, of course, that fits power ranking logic <laughs> i think it's ridiculous they're up 10 spots yes they had a fantastic win they absolutely did and i like the cardinals i picked the cardinals to make the playoffs guys so i believe they're gonna make it there but they're up 10 spots from 11 and they dropped l the the rams down eight spots i just i from rank number one and i'm like i just don't believe that i think that see but that makes total sense if they were number one then you beat them you become the number one because like that's it how makes, it works Right, but, like, I don't feel like – so why is Tampa Bay get to be number two when the Rams handled Tampa Bay and L.A. drops all the way down to nine? That, because that's what's because so it annoying. Doesn't, it doesn't matter what happened two weeks ago. It's all about this week, man. <laughs> that's why this is so, like, we're just – yeah, like, power But again, ratings. yeah, regardless. I Okay, Tampa I didn't expect won. you to ju- – I didn't I – didn't, uh, I didn't expect to jump on the bandwagon with I hate power rankings with you, but, yeah. <laughs> Uh, just to give you the top 10, let's see if you have any more strong reactions. Cleveland comes in at 10 still. They are down two spots from eight. Uh, the Rams are at nine. Fair. The Chiefs are at eight, down two spots from six after a victory. Uh, the Chargers are up three spots or at seven. Uh, Dallas moved up eight spots from number 14. They are now number six. The Baltimore Ravens stay pat at five. Uh, Green Bay drops a spot down to number three. Buffalo moved up a spot from four, and then Tampa Bay and the Cardinals. Any other things stick out to you from the top ten of the power rankings? Yeah, I mean, I don't think this exercise is so stupid that those teams probably aren't the top ten teams. And obviously, I'm not taking all 32 into just into memory and whatnot. But I think those, you could really obviously make a really strong argument that those are the top ten teams in the NFL. Would I put them in right, that order? Right. Probably not necessarily. I'd have to think I about probably it. wouldn't either. I would move some things around, but you know, like, so yeah, I don't, I don't agree. I, I don't agree that Arizona is the best team in the NFL. They're certainly making a case for it, but I think you could poke holes in those arguments if you wanted to. So, but of course, like I said, power rankings logic. They, they took down the number one. I do think it's just, you know, kind of saying how far the Rams fell, and that's only because of the way they were beat. And so, if they had, yeah, if they yeah. had lost the game, if it was thirty-eight <clears throat> to thirty-five, they wouldn't be going down that drastically. And that's why, probably I don't not. Know, it probably bugs not. Me. I will say this: I do like Dan Hansis, who does the 
the power rankings. I think he's. I, I like when he talks on Good Morning Football, and he did say in this, he said, some of this might confuse you. This, some of this might confuse you. Some of this might even enrage you. But remember this: I didn't create the madness that defines our league as we enter Week Five. I only seek to make sense of the senselessness. It's a challenging job, and I perform it to the best of my abilities. Godspeed. Yeah, I respect whatever. That. Get out but of you're here, still Get Elliot Harrison back. I did like Elliot Harrison. <laughs> uh, real quick, let's just see. Can you guess who the 32nd team is? Um, I would probably say, oh, God, this is, uh, I would say the Jags, but I don't think the Jags, they're going to have like, they're still have a lot of talent, but I would The Jags are at 30. Dang. Uh, is it the Lions? The Lions are 31. Oh my gosh, I don't know. I would definitely who's worse than that right now? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the Texans. Oh uh, yeah, okay. That's fair. That makes sense. Sure, After the sure, forty sure. to nothing loss. But again, I think if the Texans with Tyrod Taylor are better than both the Lions and the Jags personally. But uh yeah. So Regardless, I thought that was kind of fun and I got the reaction I wanted because it was I looked forward to it every week for you to be like, What is going on when we talked about the power rankings? Cut so, garbage. Thanks for that. Anyway, that's my cold reads. <laughs> fun well i i will say now that my cold read is about a team that i think could have done a sort of panic or pump the brakes it's the it's the 49ers because obviously jimmy g went down with a calf injury they brought in trey lance who they traded up to get and he looked he looked serviceable at times obviously looked like a rookie quarterback with some jitters and put some balls where they didn't need to be and whatnot but uh, more likely than not, we're not going to see Jimmy G uh, this week, although he's saying he's hopeful and he's sick and tired of this happening. And, yeah, I mean, like, that's sad and whatnot, Jimmy. But right now, it is what it is. So tell me we're having another divisional battle here for the 49ers coming on up. It's not in, in Pal's picks or anything, and this is a big one. So they lost to the Seahawks. Now they're going to that number one power-ranked team, the Arizona Cardinals. What do you expect Jeez to see out of Trey Lance? I love Trey Lance. We all know this. I talked about him in our in our preview uh, divisional breakdown episodes. I thought he was going to be one of the one of the best rookies for this team. And again, he was only fifty percent completion percentage, but he did throw two touchdowns and no picks. And I I think he also had a two point conversion rush, if I'm not mistaken, because he also ran for forty one yards. I I really like Trey Lance, and I think I don't know if I'm. I'm probably not going to pick him to beat the Cardinals, but I think he's going to look good. And I feel bad for Jimmy G. I definitely do. We we I know we both like the player, and we talked about him. You know, he's one one throw away from winning the Super Bowl, and that's obviously why you go out and get a guy because you say, you know what, we need somebody who we believe can make that throw. And maybe it was maybe eight out of ten times Jimmy makes that throw, and it was just one of the two times he couldn't make it. Who who knows? But the organization and Kyle Shanahan made the decision to go out and trade up and, and draft Trey Lance. And I like what we've seen from Trey Lance so far. Obviously, they used him in some limited packages. And like I said, only 50% completion percentage. But it's hard to get thrust into a game where the game plan wasn't for you. And you're trying to you know keep yourself in there and, and throw yourself in there. I, I really expect... Again, I, I, I would be surprised if Jimmy, Jimmy G plays. Uh, I do think it'll be Trey Lance. But I expect them to come out and have a, a game plan perfectly suited for Trey Lance, which is a little bit different than a Jimmy G game plan. It it's just is. And I expect him to look pretty good. I'm excited for it. So if you were 
I'm trying to think. Uh, Vance Joseph, I believe he's still in Arizona, I think. Think I could be wrong. I think so. I think so. Coordinator Vance Joe, so I'm pretty sure. So obviously he's going to bring a much different element. How do do you, I mean? Do you go back to? He is. He is the defensive coordinator. Kaepernick still. kind of tape again. They were 49ers, so they they knew how to they had to game plan for for that kind of mobility. Because honestly, that's kind of what Trey Lance reminds me of out there. Like I think he he moves in a similar way. He's got that wiggle and kind of like a loosey goosey body and kind of can morph very, and do a very strong arm. So, yeah. So yeah, I, mean, I what, absolutely. What, what do you do as a Cardinals defensive coordinator? And I think, and the the interesting thing is that Kyle Shanahan was never with Colin Kaepernick. If I'm correct, I don't think he ever was. Um, uh, it might have been the I very think that was, last year. No, it I, don't, I don't think he possibly. was. I don't. Yeah, think I don't think was. he was. I think it was always Jim. So the offense itself is a little bit different. But I'm pretty sure so I think he'll, Chip Kelly was the final coach. Yes, with him. I think they'll use him in a similar way. I like <laughs> I like that. Uh, yeah, I like that. I like that comparison. I do, but I I definitely think that they're going to be able to sprinkle in some of that. You know, because again, that was that when when he was with Jim Harbaugh, that was Greg Roman, who is now the offensive coordinator for John Harbaugh in Baltimore with. Lamar Jackson and obviously Kyle Shanahan is known for you know rolling guys out of the pocket getting them on the move throwing on the run something that he likes from Trey Lance so I think you're going to see a mixture of all of those types of offenses with Trey Lance and I think that and again obviously the health of the running backs is always the question as well with the 49ers but they always seem to have guys that step up and play well so you know the bevy of backs that the 49ers have here along with Trey Lance is scary I would be scared to play against that 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 running attack. So I think that I actually think that it'll still be a pretty close game, divisional matchup, and I expect Trey Lance to to impress a lot of people. I unfortunately, and if I'm predicting this right now, I'm unfortunately predicting this to probably be the end of the Jimmy Garoppolo era. I don't think that Trey Lance will play so poorly. I don't. I do not think Trey Lance will play so poorly that we say, okay, we have to go back to Jimmy G. I think he'll play well enough that. Shanahan will say, "Okay, I it, it's time. We just we need the guy to keep playing. We need the guy to keep playing." And then I expect Jimmy G to be traded at the deadline. I think, and this is a bold prediction, Jimmy G should be. And if I'm bold predicting it, traded to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, okay, fun. I think I think the Pittsburgh Steelers would be terrifying with Jimmy Garoppolo under center. Obviously, if he could stay healthy, but I think that would be an awesome team for him to go okay all right cool 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 but that's what i have to say about that i like it <laughs> anything else before we move on i am good to go all right well folks it is time for crushing it no just kidding pals picks. <laughs> oh yeah so it was just a terrible week for Adam in all aspects, in ter- other than <laughs> in all other, aspects, other than his just actual football and life. Because I actually had a really nice weekend, but well, that's good. Yeah, I was afraid that fantasy, all aspects. You were like, no, yeah, I was being dropped my briefcase <laughs> on the on my way to work. No, and I got run over, no. and all my kids' tests no. went. <laughs> I had a nice weekend. I saw a movie on Friday, a movie on Saturday. Uh, good day of you know just enjoying football. Obviously, my team was awesome, so that was nice. But fantasy, I was terrible. Uh, at picks, I was terrible. I was totally crushing Quote, it in our pick putrid. pool. 
putrid pick week from Adam Rossi and obviously lost two bets in one. Why do you guys let me bet on things anymore? I'm just the worst. And then obviously pal. Yes, picks, everyone. So just give them. You should be give going them to the our rundown. Instagram now to see our egg video, which should be up by give the time you the hear this. So. I hate it here. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, so things are going good right now. So I went two and one last week. Maybe got a little overzealous trying to be bold like Adam Rossi and picking the Lions, which was just, you know, should have listened to Adam. Although I said <laughs> I was never going to do that again. So when he was like, the Bears know how to handle the Lions so well. I was like, yeah, whatever. They're going to lose. So I went two and one. <laughs> here, Here's the saving grace that Adam's talking about. Adam went 0 oh and 3 in past uh, picks and then uh, lost the double then, down challenge uh, to the Washington football team Falcons game which was just crazy by the way we didn't talk about it was it, but stupid was just, it, it was, was so un- stupid uh, jo- guys Josh and I actually bickered about this for a second <laughs> we did we <laughs> because did. Josh thought Josh thought I was defending the refs and I was agreeing with him and he was like well don't say it that way anyway okay <laughs> <laughs> so yes yeah, so you got a negative pals pick point Oh, I hate for it here. That I just double hate down it here. challenge. So right worst. now, the official record is Josh is sitting at six and six, a solid five hundred. You know, we're gonna wash our clean hands clean. We're zero and zero. It's all good. Let's just go up from here. Adam, for the first time this year, is behind the eight ball because he, with that negative point, is technically five and six. Stupid. <laughs> hate it here you know i i have to enjoy it in week five because i never get to so i just have to i have to appreciate it while i can yeah i don't know man obviously it's just it's weird how every year it always comes down to the last weeks anyway so we'll see what happens but oh and three not feeling great about it and i i went eight and eight in picks and that i was shocked that i was even 500 i i, I did not feel great about that so well, here we go. Bye it's a week brand new start, week. So. Brand new week. So All right, I'm gonna go ahead. Toss the games your way first. I got to pick the games this week, which was a doubly good feeling because I got to get rid of the games that I was scared about. So the first that, game. That's true. You you threw the kitchen sink at me. So first game on the gauntlet is two teams last week that you picked against that burned you. The Cleveland Browns traveling out to take on the LA Chargers. I, I think long and hard about this one, long and hard. And I have a fun stat about Mr. Justin Herbert, and I will ask you a quick question about it, see if you can get this right. Let's so Justin it. Herbert now has 10 total touchdowns in his first three primetime starts, uh, which ties the most with two other quarterbacks since 1970. Can you name those two quarterbacks? Oh, God, no. I mean, are they like popular quarterbacks? <laughs> one of them's obvious, and the other one is is kind of like an, oh, uh, well, I would say the obvious one's Mahomes. Yes, that is correct. Ties Mahomes uh, and Kurt Warner. No, it is Dan Marino. Oh, cool. So since 1970, only three quarterbacks uh, in their first three prime time starts had 10 total touchdowns. Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, and Dan Marino. So pretty good, company, good company to have. For sure. That being, that being said, this I'm going to pick. This game's not in prime time. Is not in prime time, so that means I'm going to pick the Cleveland Browns. Right, wrong. I'm going to pick the Chargers. I right. like I said, I, I, I really, really like what the Chargers have done. Brandon Staley's been great, and I know we talked about them to start the year, and I mentioned that they were kind of a dark horse team, and I like they're obviously doing that right they're playing really really well and they've beaten some strong teams they beat the Chiefs and they just beat the Raiders and those are 
two very good teams. And again, I know the Chiefs are two and two, but the Chiefs are still the Chiefs, guys. It's it's fine. Relax. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I I really like the Chargers in this one. I think it'll be a close game, but I think the Chargers pull it out. There we go. There we go. Getting on the Justin Herbert side again this week. Man, that's two. Oh wait, no, no, no it's not you. Oh yeah, you picked against the Browns two weeks in a row now, buddy. I did. Yeah, it's flipping how, the script here. How does the here. Achilles family feel about that? They don't like that at all. <laughs> trust me. And I and I also just like I just dunked on the Steelers for a half an hour of this podcast. So the other half. So this of is like the a whole Achilles roller family. coaster. Like, uh, you're like Whoa. yeah. The, the the only other thing I need to do is dunk on on Dallas a little bit, and then I'll just like have totally just removed myself from the family. <laughs> All right, well, we're not going to have an opportunity right now to dunk on the Cowboys because we are going to our second pass pick game. The aforementioned you highlighted it kind of a little bit ago, tipped your cap a little bit, but, you know, it's time to figure it out. The Denver Broncos and who knows a quarterback heading to take on maybe a quarterback we don't think should be starting in the Pittsburgh Steelers. This one's tough because if it were Teddy, it would be a slam dunk for me. Denver's going to win this game because I don't believe in the Steelers at all, and I really like this Denver offense. That being said, I would be a hypocrite if I didn't stick with what I said in the offseason, which is I believe in Drew Locke and I believe yeah. in a back. So I'm picking the Denver regardless of who starts at quarterback. I All genuinely right. believe they're just the better roster. And I know that Drew had a, a turnover or two in the game. And, you know, again, we talk about it. it's hard to just get thrown into the game. Drew looks very good in the preseason. Uh, they said it was a very close decision. And they just wanted to go with the more steady head in Teddy, who obviously has played very well in the first, uh, you know, it's not the first quarter of the season because there's, 17 games this year instead of 16 so just about the quarter point uh but i just i believe in this roster there's too many good players on this team for them not to win i'm gonna pick the denver broncos there we go i like it i like it now here's the reason why i feel like i've been trying to move the show a little bit so we had just all the time to talk about this this is this is you know the week five super bowl everybody sunday night football the Buffalo Bills travel to Arrowhead to take on Pat Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Adam, give us your thoughts. This is the reason oh, oh. that this is this is what the Bills have been building towards. This is why they drafted all yeah. those defensive playmakers yeah. to come out and, and win yeah. this game. Tell me about it. And you're right. I mean, this is legitimately their whole offseason this last year was we didn't have it against KC. We need to have it. Um, and they built around this. And again, like there's there's a lot of great stuff that came out from last. Here's a couple a couple fun stats that I found about Buffalo from the from last week and from the season. So so since the start of last season, uh, Buffalo is fifty point two percent conversion rate on third downs, which is the highest in the NFL. Um, they are also when they are leading by ten points at halftime, they now have. A uh, six-game streak, but when they are up ten points in half with a halftime at halftime with the lead, it is tied for the third longest streak in the NFL with six straight games they've won. So what they're doing is they're getting up and they're keeping it. First half offense for the Houston Texans, eight total yards. They had negative twenty-three <laughs> passing yards. Negative, Which is negative twenty. Fantasy. 23 passing yards, 31 rushing yards, and one first down. They were 0 for 6 on third down. It was the lowest first half in franchise history. So, again, I know they were starting a rookie quarterback on the road in the elements, but that is all-time bad. Um, 
And then the last thing I wanted to point out before I really delve into this. So, the most explosive plays allowed this season are the Kansas City Chiefs with 41 explosive plays, which is a pass gaining 16 or more yards or a run gaining 12 or more yards. Chiefs have given up 41, the most in the NFL. The fewest, Buffalo, who's only given up 14. So, this is a fascinating game because Buffalo's defense has been very, very good against... I shouldn't even say very... Buffalo's defense has been magnificent albeit against some subpar quarterbacks. And KC's uh, defense has been terrible against a little bit of a hodgepodge of different different teams. We, we talked about the Eagles, and I still think the Eagles are a pretty good team, but the Eagles did put up 32 points against them, and they were in that game late in the fourth quarter because Chiefs could not stop them at all. Um and Buffalo's just kind of put away bad teams completely. And the offense, again, that started off a little bit slow against Pittsburgh, we did talk about them still having a pretty good defense, um, has now come to fruition with two out of the last three games being shutouts and a, you know a blowout against Washington, who they did put up some points, but it was a blowout from the start, pretty much. Um, this is a fascinating game, and I am going to eat these words. I know I'm going to eat these words. <laughs> this is not going to be a close game. Buffalo is going to win this by multiple possessions. I, again, I'm going to eat these words. It's fine. That is totally fine. But I, I want to be able to say that I saw this coming if and when it does come. I do not see Kansas City's defense being able to stop Buffalo at all. I don't see it. And while Buffalo is not going to shut down Kansas City, it's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's going to be like a 20-plus point game. I'm saying... 10 to 14 points, two possession game. I, I genuinely just cannot, I will not understand it if it happens that Buffalo somehow gets stopped by Kansas City. Just won't understand that. Their defense is too bad. Our offense is too solid. And I think that we finally have the front, like you said, to pressure this offense. I, I, I definitely see, I know Kansas, Kansas City's offensive line has been much improved. We've talked about that ad nauseum about all the work that they did on it in the offseason and it's paid off in the first four weeks but this bill's front is ferocious and their back in their back end which has been the strong point for so many years is so opportunistic they are tied with dallas or have a couple more turnovers than dallas but they're one of the top teams in turnovers as well so yeah i think buffalo is going to win by at least 10 points and again i might eat those words but I just you give me your thoughts on this real quick because I want to know if I'm just being that crazy Homer fan. I know KC is still KC, but and maybe at the end of the year they'll get better. I just don't see them stopping it. I just don't see it. Yeah, no. It, this this is obviously there's a reason that this is Sunday night football and this is a big one and you just talked at, at length about it not only because are you a Bills fan but just because this is one of the bigger games of the season right now. We're talking about the repeat of the AFC Championship game and that's going to be big no matter who the teams are. So you're 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 going on and on about all the the different elements and they're so very true. I wouldn't necessarily say that Casey, I guess maybe the the weakest link if you want to call it that a quarterback was was Jalen Hurts, but Hodgepodge, I mean we're talking about Derek Carr who leading into last week or last night was the league leader in yards and Justin Herbert who we're That's talking. I wouldn't true. say there was a, a Hodgepodge of quarterbacks. But I will say and this is low hanging fruit 
this is not, in my opinion, going to come down to the Bills' defensive line, or it's not going to come down to Clyde Edwards-Alaire. It's going to come down to Josh Allen. It's going to come down to Josh Allen because we need to see if Josh Allen is finally ready to step up into that primetime light and be the ultimate hero. We can't have the Josh Allen where he's running around and evading six sacks and he is looking great doing it, but then he fumbles the football. If we see that kind of heroics that pays off those kind of heroic mistakes, they won't win. If those things happen, then I, I don't feel confident. We just need to see the just the very clean Josh Allen that we have seen uh, in flashes before and and it's coming together and it's really there you see it all the time and that's why they obviously invested in him you can put all those resources into it but if we're doing that thing where he gets shoveled out of the pocket and just chucks it up we've seen a lot of that happen and work well but I don't know if it's going to work well in this game because in this game, everything's going to be heightened. This is right now, this is the Super Bowl in week five for both of these teams. They're not going to say it, but that's what it is because they're going to be expecting to see each other again later and they definitely want it to be in their respective houses. Yeah, again, like I said, we'll we'll see what happens. And again, I hope it's a good game. I hope it comes down to the wire. I hope that it's Allen versus Mahomes and it's the this is the future of the AFC. This is the new Manning and versus Brady. I, I want that. You know what I mean? You like that. You love that as a competitor and a fan of the sport and a fan of one of the teams. I just like I just totally believe that we're going to control the game and I could be wrong but I just are we are playing so well right now and this isn't to say that we're not going to meet again in the AFC title game and they won't crush us like things happen but this is early in the season and they're struggling right now and I just don't see their struggles getting fixed in one week and I just don't see us slowing down after one week that's all I'm saying yeah no very good point and so. you know usually in those playoff rematches it's whoever lost the game that usually goes in, in right later, so, so it could end up being stupid in the end but regardless <laughs> well there we go uh, you took the chargers <laughs> over the cleveland browns the denver broncos over the pittsburgh steelers and then the buffalo bills over the kansas city chiefs on sunday night football so there we so go Gonna clearly get rossi back on track Clearly 0-3 again. Regardless, let's go here. So you you threw the gauntlet at me, so I was like, all right, let's go. Let's throw some hard games at you, and you're going to be like, oh, these are all easy. So in Rush You Trust, in Rush You Trust, well, we'll see the reeling Rams after getting crushed by the Cardiac Cardinals, some alliteration there for you fans, take on the Seattle Seahawks on, I believe, Thursday Night Football. This Thursday should be a huge, the, the very first super exciting Thursday Night Football game. Um, What's going to happen? Former first-round picks battling it out. Super. Exciting. I liked that game. I don't know about anybody else. I really enjoyed watching Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence play. So, Yeah, in Russ I Trust is usually what I say. I said it last week, and it worked out against the 49ers, but it still was not a spectacular game by any stretch of the imagination. Obviously, they got the job done. I think McVay and the Rams, they are ticked off right now, and I wouldn't like to be the team that has to rebound against them. I'm going to take the Rams. I think they're going to go in to Seattle. I know it's a tough okay. place to play. They're going to have fans back there, but I think they're going to get smacked in the mouth, and I think that 12th man's going to be a little bit quieter than normal. So I'm taking the Rams. I will, I will say this. Russell Wilson joined Hall of Fame Peyton Ma- Hall of Famer Peyton Manning as the only quarterbacks in NFL history with 100-plus wins in their first 10 seasons. So normally you say in Russ you trust, and it pays off. We'll see if... Going against it pays off this week. Heading to the next game, the New Orleans Saints are traveling all over to the Washington football team who just came off a 
a big win that is gonna have some egg in Mr. Rossi's face. And they get the Saints, who got kind of slapped around in a really tight one at the end by the New York Giants on a big, a big comeback. Yeah, this one, this is when you're like, you're gonna think all these are easy. This is by far not easy because I think both of okay. these two teams are a gigantic enigma. I have no idea how to pick these teams. Obviously, I think. You know, I, I, I felt wa- super confident in Washington. I don't want to say super confident. I felt confident in Washington last week to offer the double down challenge. But still, to say that I was confident is is taking it lightly. I have just – and then the Saints. The Saints, they show up and dominate Green Bay, and then they get smacked around, and then they rebound against New England. And it wasn't a perfect game, but it looked pretty darn good. And then they let the New York football Giants, a team that had been winless, come back and – come back in a pretty dramatic way. They were up double digits with around 10 minutes on the clock. Like that, that's hard to do and good for the giants, but still the saints, I just, what, what's happening. I have no idea how to pick this game. Honestly, it, it's really tough. I'm going to go with the home team. I'm going to go with the Washington football team. I didn't like what I saw from their corners necessarily against, uh, against Atlanta, a lot of penalties and whatnot, tic-tac, but they're definitely, you know, they're tic-tac for a reason because they're, they're getting a little close for comfort. I just think possibly, possibly, possibly we saw Chase Young start to to get into a groove a little bit, and I think that could happen against the Saints, maybe forcing Winston to put it up and, and get some turnovers. But if the Saints win, I'm not going to be like, that makes no sense because I just have no idea. Uh, the most confusing thing from the Saints' loss, Alvin Kamara, zero targets for the first time in his entire career. Yeah, not targeted is, a single time in the game was the most confusing thing I've ever seen. This is not to the uh, the Drew Brees Alvin Kamara. He's still running the football well, but it, it just yeah, feels it's just the offense is just weird. Yep. So we'll see what goes in that one. I don't know how I would pick that one yet either. That's one of the reasons why I gave it to you. And we continue to round out the NFC West division that we talked about the 49ers at the Cardinals. Trey Lance probably starting, although we don't know. Uh, Adam believes in Trey Lance in the starting and the Cardinals, who are now the number one team in football. You heard it here from Dan Hansis and the NFL power, power rankings. So Josh Lapping. You and me. Da- hey. Like- Fun, fun fact, fun fact, Trey Lance, first two career passes, both touchdowns. That's yeah, pretty that's good, right? Dumb. And the Cardinals, 30-plus 30, 30 points, 400-plus total yards in each game this season. Tell us how it's going to go. Yeah, Tian Hansis and I are, are are good buddies. I don't know if you knew. We uh we tweet at each other sometimes, but I'm, I'm oh, going to go with the, the number one ranked team because they're the number one ranked team, and you, you don't dethrone can you imagine? I don't. I don't know where. So by this logic, I'm not pick. I'm picking the cards. But let's go back to okay. my hatred of power rankings. So I would say the the Niners are probably the back end of the teens. I imagine. So that means if they lose, the cards have to go back there. Correct. I guess so. I yeah. I mean, that's, I, I, <laughs> power ranking logic works. Anyways, I'm taking the cards. I think right <laughs> now their their offense is just clicking on so many cylinders. It's great to see. You know, I think. The reason the cards are performing well, and and it's a little bit of metaphorical egg on my face, I have to say, because you're getting literal egg on your face later on, because <laughs> I I didn't give the Cardinals the credit that they're right now through almost the quarter point of the season are showing that they deserve uh, earlier. You didn't on the credit. Off-season. You didn't credit. You're saying you didn't credit the Cardinals at the quarter point. You know, you know, alliteration, man. It's good. It's good. <laughs> But I think it's because last year Kyler Murray had this weird chin strap that made it look like he had like a cold sore on his lip. He doesn't have that anymore. And 
and I feel like it's just making all the difference in the world. That, so it, that is obviously the reason. It could it, be no just, other reason. It's working. And, you know, A.J. Green is, is making some plays showing that he's still around and, you know, not as washed as some people had thought. James Conner starting to run well. Sorry, our fantasy <sighs> team. Yeah, <laughs> but we yeah, dropped I'm them, taking, guys. Taking the cards in this one. All right, so in Russ, you don't trust at least for this week. The Rams on the road, Washington at home with Taylor Hunt. Crack open a cold, hard Taylor Heineke, and then the 49ers and Trey Lance not getting a victory against the "quote unquote" number one power ranked team in the NFL, the Cardiac Cardinals. That was Pal's picks, sponsored by DiGiorno. Are they really cardiac when uh, the Vikings game was fairly cardiac? But like they've had some other games like in store. I consider cardiac like, oh my god, like what's going to happen? What like I feel like we've been. I don't know. Sometimes I I feel weird about them, but regardless. <laughs> Uh, all right, so let's do some fantasy corner. Fantasy corner. I didn't. I didn't remember. That oh, before. buddy, that I was forgot. such a hard week that we had. Uh, yeah, it was. It was. We uh, we went guys, we went zero and two. Zero and two. We didn't even make the median, and we needed like fifteen points to do it from two players. We just, you know, it's it, it's never good when one player gets pretty much half of your points, and that's that's what happened. That's what happened. Patrick Matt Mahomes, Mahomes put up. <laughs> basically 43 points and we scored basically and none of it was to travis points. kelsey yes and none of it was to travis kelsey which was also a bummer yeah we just it was not a good but you know maybe maybe it's good we're still in second place so we dropped down a spot we're still the highest scoring team but it's, it's a piece of humble pie for us because i think you know last week we were coming in and we were like we're so good like we got this we're the highest scoring team and our running backs stink <laughs> and, and whatnot i think we just we got a yeah. little full of ourselves yeah and it stepped yeah. back and I don't, I don't think necessarily there, there's a lot we can do on the wire right now, but it's not necessarily we need to retool our team because in some of my other things, I'm like, it's time to retool some positions and whatnot. I don't think it's necessarily that with this, but there's some, there's some things to look at. We got Damian Williams with David Montgomery going down for a chunk of time. Uh, we don't, I don't, I don't love P Ryan, but they're talking about possibly Joe Mixon being out for a little bit. I think that's a little undisclosed right now. But then there are guys we talked about, the aforementioned A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd's on the block right now as well. There's a lot of things that we could go and do some stuff here. I do like Damian Williams, especially if he's healthy. If he's not healthy, I actually do like Khalil Herbert, the the rookie, Um, because I do think that that team's going to run the ball no matter what. Um, I don't know if my pride could handle picking up James Conner back, but if you want to try that, (laughs) we could try that. Um... So, yeah, I think Damian Williams will be my number one as long as we know that he's healthy. I want to figure out this Jesus Crow, gosh dang, Nabbit Ravens backfield. Because Bell, who played, and we were like, oh, we need to add him Sunday because we don't know, gets four carries for 11 yards, one target, doesn't catch it, and now he's back in the practice squad. He just got reverted to the practice squad. And Tyson Williams, yeah. who was clearly the, clearly the best back for the first couple of weeks, was a healthy scratch. I don't yeah. get it. I don't, what do we do? What do we do? I don't get it. It's weird. The, yeah, it, it is very confusing. And obviously, you know, Latavius Murray, who they just seem to love, it's not even like he he ran wild or had 20 touches. No, he's not like even looked that good. So, I mean, it's just it is a little bit of an enigma. Uh, I don't think we were wrong in the decisions we made. It was obviously good 
we snagged Bell right before the game started just in case he did explode. That way we know we'd have him because right, obviously we're right, tied right. to Tyson Williams right now and we want to have that back. I don't think we made the wrong decision. It just didn't really okay. pay off. Okay. They can okay. still well, bring Le'Veon Bell back, and if I, he does sign off, then he's on the roster for good, but I'm not tied I will to say keeping this. him. This is, you know, it's... <laughs> I think we should put in a claim for Damian Williams to drop Peyton Barber. Because okay. not only did Pey- not only did Peyton Barber get hurt, but I think Jacobs is is okay. Knock on wood for now. I think we should put in that claim, and then we should figure out which defense we should add, and just kind of keep it at that. Unless you really, really want to drop, I'm okay keeping keeping Bell another week. Um, I don't want to get rid of Tyson. Maybe that's just a pride thing, but I don't want to get rid of him. And there's really nobody else on the team that I think I would want to drop. And there's nobody else on the waiver wire that I'm like we have to add them. Unless there's one that you feel. Yeah, nobody that I say that we have to drop. I mean, it just is worth looking at. Uh, I mean, thinking about Tyler Boyd, obviously T. Higgins is going to be coming back, but that is a name. And But wide receiver isn't necessarily the position that we need. And then, you know, if you, if you want to go for a deeper dart throw, I mean, Josh Gordon is there as well. So, And then, you know, Kyle Pitts got dropped last week as well. Is he still on the waivers? He is. See, like I said, if we didn't have Travis Kelsey, I would have jumped all over that. But I don't really like flexing tight ends. I do think that he could be a value later in the season. So if there's a second player you wanted to drop, I'd say we could put that in. Or I could say this. We could put in the claim for Williams for Barber. And then we could put in another claim for Pitts for Barber just to have him on a roster. Because I actually think he will continue to get more and more involved. And he will be a value in terms of whether it's a trade or maybe he does become a second target that we could flex at times. Um, I do think that there's value in that unless there's another player you want to look at. And then we have to talk about what's defense we might like to stream unless you want right. to talk about that later. I uh, We have a we have a minute. We have to do it quickly. I don't think it's a bad thing to put it in for Barber because I do think Damian Williams is going to be a popular ad, so we might not get him. Yeah. So let's yeah. do that because I don't think we need Peyton Barber on the team at all. Yeah. So let's put I don't Pitts, either. Let's put Pitts on there because, you know, moving down, it would just be good for, you know, Baltimore to wise up and be like, Williams, you're obviously yeah. the best guy. Let's yeah. stop horsing around. Right. And, and go back to him. Uh, You know, talking defenses, though probably the Vikings against yeah I know that they're I know that they're popular ad I'm okay putting in a claim for them I don't know if we necessarily get them and if we don't um I think that we could add oh shoot I just had it um it's gone. I lost it. Never mind. I was gonna say another team and I lost it. Don't worry about it. Forget about it. Yeah we'll talk Um, about it personally off air then. Yeah, well, we could talk about that, but I think we could put in a claim for them just to see if we get them because I do like them. Okay, well, there we go. So we're putting in claims for Damian Williams, uh, dropping Peyton Barber. We're also trying to grab Kyle Pitts off that if that one fails, and then we are swapping out our defenses to get Minnesota defense. So there and we have just, it. Just to recap, like I said, we are the second team in the league still, 6-2. and two. We do play against the league median, and I was also corrected by that, uh, by my 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 
Dallas Cowboy loving cousin JD, who is also a high school math teacher, and I said it was the average, and that is not what the median means. Um, I'm not going to read it because it's going to make me sound really silly because I don't understand math. But regardless, our team is six and two, second place. We have Patrick Mahomes, Chuba Hubbard, Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, Mike Williams, Travis Kelsey, Brandon Cooks, Justin Tucker, the New Orleans Saints defense, Le'Veon Bell, Peyton Barber, Naheem Mines, Tyson Williams, Juju Smith-Schuster, and we do still have Gus Edwards in the IR just to just just for you know just in case you never know for for um, fun but yeah feel so pretty I good. will Is say there a, we, you we did, could go ahead sorry I was just gonna say you did ask me this question and I'm wondering if you had an answer for it you asked me if there was a player that fantasy player that you're just like so kerfuffled by yes I season. do I'm have wonder, a player. you haven't I want to hear about it. What's the player that you're like, why is this player not playing well? I am baffled by one of my preseason, offseason loves. It has hurt me in a lot of different areas, and that is Brandon Ayuk. I was high okay, on him, yeah. not high on him. Yeah. Like, I'm drafting him in the second round or anything, but I was just – last year was so good and showed so much promise, and right now he's like fourth on the depth chart and just getting targeted like once per game. I'm, I'm baffled. Wide receiver 91. Wide receiver yeah. 91. Yeah. He did catch a touchdown against Green Bay, but yeah, he's getting two targets every week. That is weird. I, I did think about it, and there's obviously a lot of players. I think if I had to pick one, the biggest one would be C.D. Lamb so far, and not because he's been bad, because week one, he had 15 targets, 23 fantasy points. Week two, he had nine targets, 17 fantasy points, but the last two weeks, three targets, five targets, three catches, two catches. I And again, and there was a point in time where Amari Cooper came up hobbling a little bit, and it might be because Zeke and Pollard have been so I great that that's they're what just I running the is, ball is more and more. starting to try but to get... Yes. I'm a little bit upset that CeeDee Lamb hasn't been so great, and I have him in so many leagues. So again, could get better. I feel like it will get better. He's just such a talented player. Um, but again, if I had to pick one, I did tell you, you know, I maybe feel a little bit weird that Miles Sanders hasn't been hasn't been getting as much play because I think that when he touches the ball, he's actually been pretty darn good and he's looked pretty pretty juiced. So again, we'll see what happens. But for the most well, part, I've you know under the I understand. Is on one team, I have both those players. So. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Well, that was Fantasy Corner. So fantasy it is corner. time. Yeah, Fantasy Corner. Um, all right. So let's do some friends fortune. Let's get on the board, my man. Let's get on the uh, board. I'm on the board. So Yeah, that's right. It's one to nothing right now in the season. I don't have the I don't have the career long rankings, but Josh is up by a lot more than I am because I think I've only ever gotten one, maybe two. So Regardless, I started. Did I start last week or did you start last week? I don't remember. Uh, I started because I talked about Big Ben Roethlisberger. Alrighty, so are you ready for this? I'm not ready because I'm not going to hear it until next week. But yeah. Oh I wait, I I was I almost just muted my own mic. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. All right, I am going in three, two, one, go. All right, folks, friends, fortune heading into week five. It's been pretty crazy. Um, I'm going to say that there will be... So last week there were 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 teams out of the 32 that went over 20 points last week 18 out of the 32 over half of the nfl scored 20 or more points i think that number is going to come drastically down this week i think that there will be 
12 or less teams that score over 20 points this week. I think there's going to be a lot of defensive battles, and I don't think there's going to be quite as many points scored. And I know that everybody it is an offensive league, and I agree with that for sure. It's quarterback-driven, but I think defenses are going to show up this week. I think there's going to be some defensive battles, and I think that there will be four, or 12 or less teams that score 20 points. All right, your turn. Who's that girl? Go. All right, everybody. It's Jess. I'm going. Very good. I'm going to go with maybe this isn't exciting. I can't think if it necessarily is. In my mind, it seems impressive, and that's all that matters is feeling good about yourself, right? It's all about yourself. That sounds egotistical, though. Regardless, I'm going to say there are going to be at least three games this week that both teams score 35-plus points. So three games where both teams score 35-plus. Don't know the outcomes of those games, but I'm looking at this schedule, and I think there could be some really high shootouts, which means, you know, it's going to be defensive. But that is it. It's Jess. Yeah. I whispered it. I don't know if you heard that. I did hear. I appreciate it. I got two tidbits for you. So... Best record through the first 35 career career games all time. You know who's number four on that list? Just no. It's a coach. Coach, that's what I meant. Oh, what's the question? The best record through through uh, the first 35 career games of all time, who is uh, tied for, I guess, third? Uh, Matt LaFleur. It is, yes, at 28 and 7, 800. I actually think this was before they won the game. So he's now, because, yeah, it would have been 35 games. So Chuck uh, Knox is right above him, also at 28 and 7. John Madden went 25, 6, and 4. <laughs> Four ties in his first 35 games. Uh, and then George Seifert, 29 and 6. Do you know who leads the league in the NFL uh, with rushing touchdowns so far? Um, Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold leads the league with five rushing touchdowns. That's one more than Derrick Henry, Ezekiel Elliott, and James Conner, who are all tied for second with four. And then there are nine other players tied with three. And those are the two tidbits that I have for this week because I think well, all the ones that. in the episode. Yeah, you were pretty darn good, man. You're pretty smart. Ah. Well, there all we right. go, everybody. Anything? We got some. Oh, sorry. No, I'm just saying. Anything else you got? Got some London 9.30 a.m. Eastern time football coming to you. Woo! Those of you on the, I... on the West Coast, you know, I, I apologize. They have to wake up at like 6 if you want to watch that. But, you know, 9.30 a.m. Eastern time football. So that's cool. I will say this. It is one of my favorite things in the world. And I never care if the game's good or not. I love waking up out of bed and eating my breakfast and just laying on the couch right to football from 9 a.m. To ten p to ten or eleven p.m. It's just a glorious thing. <laughs> so y'all enjoy that. All right, friends. Thanks for listening to Simultaneous Catch. Make sure you check out our pick pool. It's still not too late. You can catch up because you know that your Adam was second putrid. favorite second second favorite host had putrid picks last. Ah! It was bad. Regardless. Uh, you can still catch up. The top point getter at the end of the season does win a jersey or, I guess, team apparel of their choice. Uh, you can find that link in one of our most recent Instagram posts. Make sure you follow our Instagram, by the way. It is at Simultaneous Catch. And that is all I have. Anything else, pal? There we go. Enjoy week five of the NFL, everybody. Thanks for listening, and God bless.